everybody. Podcast 153. Uh, we're that's two weeks two. in a row you've done that. That's we're two weeks two in a row left. you've done that. We're the only two that's left, Dex. I know. Nobody, I know. Nobody else I wants know. to do this. I know. I know. <laughs> so we I'm surprised some... it took him that long, honestly. Yeah, fair. Uh, no, unfortunately, Tim is um, occupado. DB's out of the country. And uh, Adam doesn't like us anymore. So... That's how these things go. Uh, but we brought in some real good uh, ex-podcast guests that want to join us and be a part of this thing. So um, we can't thank them enough. Tyler Tickcat is one of them. Howdy, and howdy. Uh, everybody's favorite Manitoban, Brett Hendrickson. And he's going to play the coy. Oh, yeah. oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yeah, can't wait to see all the haters in the comments <laughs> honestly i'm super excited for it um we have danielle coming on we're gonna be talking about nutrition and things like that and ty was like i had an arby's sandwich and some chicken nuggets for lunch and hendo's sitting on here eating a, a bowl of spaghetti and pounding back a coke i love it <laughs> <laughs> just a picture of fitness that's why we need this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I need it just as much as everybody else. There's, there's no question. That's for sure. So. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so we'll just touch on a little bit of current events for everybody. So there was obviously some Masters tournaments that went on this past weekend. So we'll touch on the Alberta tournament side since uh, three of our guests on this podcast were a part of it. Um, Dex, how did Saturday go? Uh, Saturday was atrocious. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. Uh, honestly, uh, yeah, that was probably my lowest master score ever. I think it was 1680. And I think I honestly missed the middle maybe maybe seven times. I didn't miss a single corner spare. Just wasn't my day, guy. It wasn't my, <laughs> wasn't my day. <laughs> Innisfail wasn't anybody's day. Uh, a, oh. few peop- a few people figured it out, like uh, Mr. Ticket here. He had a... Uh, an all right tournament going into the last few frames had a chance to win the first day i did but i didn't because <laughs> i'm nice or something like that <laughs> no it was an okay house um you know they renovated uh since the last time that we played masters for the men's division there and they've actually done a really good job they played a little bit better um but it was just so so particular like there was no forgiveness you had to be perfect. Yeah. It was was over 2000, eh? Honestly, it it, it improved because last time, yeah, exactly. The last time uh, Robbie Wolfson won, last time I remember that Robbie Wolfson won with 2020. So 21-21 this time, so. It was... I don't know. I tried... Sorry. It it was just... Yeah, you're right. It was so precise. Like, there was no getaway. Thick didn't work. No. Thin didn't really work. Um, saw a lot of thin aces, some some pocket aces. It was it was a challenge. It was an absolute challenge. And I tried everything I had under the sun, and not nothing worked. So at some point, you just gotta mentally preserve your brain and <laughs> pack it in. Just check what out. were the what were the conditions? Is it synthetic? Yeah, black synthetic, Old old bases, eighteen inches. Okay. Um, dry but, was it was it straight or? no it was it was, it straight. was straight but the pins were square clearly they yeah. uh they <laughs> well i'll tell you something so we had uh we had the boxing day tournament of course 
mm-hmm. uh, the partnership with with Rossmere or with uh, Sherwood, right? Yeah. Um, and they do a little side pot for for the scratch bowlers, and usually, like they take the top eight, and then you just play one match after. And um, for a four game set, usually nine eighty would pretty much guarantee you a spot, or or you or be in the bubble. But um, it was uh, ten eighty seven, I want to say, or ten eighty wow. was was the bubble. <clears throat> That's awesome. And, and yeah, and Rossmere traditionally was super tough. And hmm. I, he replaced, I guess what I'm getting at to, to bring it back to your tournament was, is they just replaced all the bottoms. So I guess they were starting to, they were hammering so much that they were, they were flattening out. Plus there was divots in the pin decks or something. And it yeah. just made a huge difference. Like it, it scored super well. So honestly, that that is a problem that a lot of places do have, and and the more bowling alleys that I go into the back, I, I've found it more often is that the machines are actually installed too low. They are actually installed too low. When you're doing your sanding and stuff, you should actually only have to replace two or three of those pucks um, where the pins come down on. And when we had wood before we had raised the machines, we were we were going through forty. When we we're supposed mm-hmm. to do three or four, and it it our machines were actually three four inches too low. There's an actual slowdown cycle built into those machines, and if you don't have that, then yeah, you're gonna have that. You're gonna be start wearing you know holes in the lanes or divots into the into the pin pucks, and you're gonna have the bases of your pins start to wear down. So that's that's actually a strong possibility as to what it could be. It's just older white bases that have yeah just been hammering the pin decks mm-hmm. the whole time, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. There you go. Um, before we go to the second turn of the tournament, uh, men's tournament masters, we have the ladies tournament masters, uh, at Stetler, Jen Baker shot 2,400. Oh, that's, that's no good at all. Let me yeah, we, we'll just, we'll just say it looked good. Uh, over 2,400, um, she beat Tracy Smith in second place and she shot 2,200. So it was a 200 pin gap between first and second, but, um, Stetler playing well again for the ladies. Yeah, that that place is always just shredded by the women. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. I know probably six people that shot a twelve hundred block in there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. And then uh, we flipped houses, so the men's went to Stetler. Um, Tyler was the the top dog there for the men, and uh, for the ladies in Innisfail, it was. Diane Violini taking home her 100th tournament Masters win, or yeah. somewhere around there, mid 50s somewhere. <laughs> it's absolutely, it's absolutely incredible, absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, Ty for the second time this year is throwing a massive last game to come back and snag some stars. It's it wasn't crazy. so much the last game; it was the I shot 380 game six, and that was yeah, the one that right, put yeah. me like close back. Um, I just like I played well at Stetler last year. Um, I won Stetler last year, so I felt comfortable there. I don't know. It's it's a fair center. It does play, I think, slightly better to that slower ball. Um, mm-hmm. and, and in the men's division, not that I throw a slow shot, but I am slower than most of the deliveries. I mean, even like, like Gino shot 350 his last game, too. Yeah. And I, I think it just is a house that's set up for success for me there. So, yeah, it felt pretty good. Um, You've definitely much... increased your ball speed, I think, this year, too, though. I think I, I've, really? I've noticed, yeah. like, yeah, a little bit. It, to me, it looks like you got a little bit more snap at the bottom, and I wonder if it's just all that working out you've been doing. 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so obviously, great playing for all those players. Um, congrats on all the wins. I didn't mention that Adam Weber won the Saturday tournament for the men's. Yeah, um, 21 to 20. Him. Yep. Um, Brett, we'll flip over to you. Manitoba Teaching Masters. How'd that go? Um, well, we were at Polo Park Lanes, which is traditionally our highest scoring center in the city. And we had a couple guys throw just massive pluses. Um, we had a plus 566. Holy Took cow. it three games, yeah. That's so, insane. Uh, yeah, Derek Sanderson threw a 2102. And I don't know, do the math on that, but uh, I guess he was coming into like a 180 average or some something. Just just looking at it here, but uh, 70 points a game. 192, 192 was his average coming in, and he went 324, 344, 283, 258 his first four. So yeah, he had a day. Um, but we also had somebody throw uh, like a, a thousand and a half for a three game block in there too they came in second with 491 rolling flag um and el presidente tim hooper came third with a plus 305 getting getting out there and uh That's trying to book awesome. his book his ticket in a legit way not in a politics i get to go anyways because i'm the president kind of way you know <laughs> um do, does tim take being called el presidente all right because my tim does not like being called el presidente Oh, not a fan at all. I, I'm not sure. Maybe he doesn't, but uh, I mean, I don't care. I call him El Presidente <laughs> all the time, and it, he just tells well, me. Why? <laughs> like, is he racist? Like, I don't get it. Does he like other know. languages? Okay. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't, like, I don't think he likes being president. That's all. Uh, okay. And we always <laughs> fight about it. Yeah. Well, you know, suck it up. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Um, anything else we want to touch on before we uh, move on to our special guest of the evening? No, um, no, I mean, I mean, we have our two Manitoba teams in the Pro League this year, which I think is awesome. Um, just seeing the, the two squads go out there and, and take on some of the big dogs across the country is, has been awesome. And um, I know there's a lot of people out there that haven't seen some of these people bowl for a while right um unless you get yourself to a national for for most of these guys a lot of them are just they don't play cash but they play masters they play the open uh mm-hmm. once we got it back or, or from before um just to, so just to see some of them highlighted right so we've got the snowman from st james more of a, a young gun the now team right and then you've got the um, dakota team which has got some more veterans on there which was I still want to say now because, I mean, every single one of them can make a team at any time. Um, but, you know, they've been doing it for years, right? I mean, Jana Van Wellingham or Jana Alblas mm-hmm. has made the, the tournament team in Manitoba 15-plus straight years, right? I think she got her 15-year plaque in, in Edmonton there. Every single year she's made it for 15 years. How crazy is that? Um, and, I mean, that's, that's our MO, right? Like when you have the – the black and gold at, at a nationals is, you know, you're going to get consistent stuff out of our tournament teams. Right. So, um, just to see that on the lanes and, um, it's a little tough, you know, Dakota and St. James, they, they, they don't put out the big scores like, uh, um, some of the other centers that, that are in the, in the league. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I think those guys, and most of them have talked to them, they, they take it on as a challenge, right. They, they go in there and they say, you know what, I'm throwing my best shot today. 
Um, I don't want that excuse. Like, I just want to get out there and, and, and take them on. And, you know, they've had some success. I mean, they're not light, lighting the world on fire and going and going undefeated. But, you know, they're in every match. Well, yeah. I, and, I mean, like, if you're, if you're referring to St. James, you know, you look at some of the averages there. I mean, it wasn't before, before um, the Manitoba Open there. Um, wasn't both Trevor and Dwayne averaging over 270? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, the, there's the shot is there. There's a shot that works there, and there's there's a way to score there. It's just you got you have to find it. And for sure. and if they play there every week, they should they should know what it is. Yeah. Right. So. For yeah. sure. Well, we got a roster situation coming up with the uh, Dakota Dynamite because they've got a couple long term injuries that just occurred on their men's side. So LTIR. We're gonna see. We're gonna see how that shakes down if they. Uh, because I know the emergency spare rules are, are, are pretty strict. And, and um, yeah, just to see how they kind of shake off that. Um, yeah, I'm very interested to see how, to, how it goes for those guys. Yeah, see how they manage it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Especially with only one lady for Dakota, right? They've only got uh, JBW. That's it. Like, they don't, have, uh, they don't have a second one on the roster, so. Yeah, bold strategy. Bold strategy. Yeah, we'll see if it pays off, Cotton. all right well with all that being said all that great information we'll bring on our special guest of the week so uh without further ado danielle leffler all the way from nova scotia now hello i'm pretty good how are you guys we're always good good. amazing (laughs) Who has the cat in the background? I heard a meow while you guys were talking. Oh, you do? He is a complete jerk. (laughs) Aren't they all? That's fair, yeah. Yeah, in some way. (laughs) Um, So, obviously, let's touch on the first thing. So, you made a big move out to Nova Scotia. How's that going? It's great, you guys. Um, I moved out here in... When was it? Um, 2015. And I went to Acadia University here to get my degree in uh, in dietetics. And um, I always thought I was going to be coming back to Saskatchewan to just you know go right back to my norm. But ended up meeting a fella out here and got married last year. So um, you know. We're able to find a whole here. Yeah, and 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 here I am. That's hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, how has your bowling career changed over the years? Oh, it has changed immensely. Um, because I mean growing up in Saskatoon, I had a bowling alley within fifteen minutes of of my home and you know, as a teenager, would be at the lanes four or five times a week, I feel. And now I can't even tell you when the last time I did bowl. Um, in Nova Scotia, for those that don't know, Handlepin is really prevalent out here. And the only five pin lanes available are at the military bases. And since I've been out here, they've slowly been closing. So there used to be lanes in Halifax. Those are long gone. Um, there are lanes in Greenwood, which is about a three and a half hour drive for, from where I live right now. Um, 
I don't know what the state of those lanes are right now. Last I heard, the lanes were moldy. Um, I don't really know if. <laughs> I, didn't... I don't know what the recovery process is for moldy lanes or how that came to be. Add, but... add that to the certification list, eh? Um... <laughs> Doesn't have mold. No. Okay, sweet. That's that's bad. That's yeah. really bad because you know you know what those wood those lanes are going to be warped to hell if there's enough moisture on the lanes to get mold. Mm. That's bad news. That is bad news. Yeah. So right now, as it stands, I believe the Open would be played in New Brunswick this year for um, Nova Scotia and New Brunswick bowlers. Um, yeah. I I don't believe I will be attending just because I don't remember last time I threw a ball and um, yeah. it's unfortunate. You no, you should. You should. You could probably walk in there and, and do just fine. I mean, thanks for the confidence, Dexter. <laughs> Seriously, though. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, it's going to be almost an even playing field because a lot of those people are also going to have not played a whole lot either. You are right, though. I do know that a lot of them do play Candlepin at the moment, which is great. Um, I guess I do have some Candlepin lanes that are maybe 10 minutes away from where I currently live. I just haven't been able to join a league. Um, I work six days a week and um, have just made other things a priority right now but you know being here chatting with with you guys and and thinking about the bowling community again it just um has a little piece of my heart so it'll be something to think about totally yeah i got a quick question kind of touching on like the bowling environment out there you said that the open is played out of new brunswick but don't they still send uh their contingent as nova scotia is that still sticking around do you know is that like just the way the boards work or how does that happen you know what tyler i was never good when it came to the specifics of like those fine details like that but um i think the main piece of it was is the majority of the bowlers were from nova scotia that would attend the open events therefore that's where that name came from however when we do our open provincials we do say Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. Um, I think when it comes down to the rules and everything, and you guys will be able to tell me a little bit more, like, like at your, the yearly meetings, aren't you supposed to say like what contingent you're sending and everything like that? And that would tie into whether you name it Nova Scotia or New Brunswick. You know who would be great for this question? Tim Wiseman. Yeah. Uh, honestly i'm assuming it probably runs the same way as like quebec would right where there's you know quebec allows the um the ottawa players to cross the border and play with them as well i'm assuming it's similar to that and you guys just have residency in nova scotia where you have the vast majority of the players so that that would make sense but i'm assuming except except it'd be like quebec going to go over and playing in ottawa Interesting, but hmm. yeah, if you don't have any five pin lanes, you've got to play it somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And That's I don't know. I don't know if um, Rodney Nitz is watching at all. He's 
usually, um, I think he's usually quite into this podcast, but he would be a really good person to ask to. He's a really good advocate for the sport out here. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so when you did move out there and you were playing, you've had some, some, some success out there as well. Right? So 2015, you were the Open Mixed Team Champion, and that was out of Nova Scotia, correct? Okay. 2015 was my last year bowling in Saskatchewan. Okay. Then the 2016, okay. I, I guess 2015, 2016 year, that's when I bowled singles. Um, right. So then from 16 until mm, 2020, I guess, I bowled singles okay so 2018 would have been a single silver medal for you from nova scotia that's right yeah awesome yeah. that's awesome how was how was that experience like bowling singles yeah it was so fun like i remember yeah, good yeah yeah i remember um really enjoying it and i mean when I first bowled um, in YBC, team was always big because the young girls, we love the cheering and the camaraderie, right? Um, so that, that was a really good way to get people into the sport and continue to go with it, or so I thought. And then I tried singles um, right after that and absolutely loved it. And um, being in Saskatchewan, the field of ladies to win singles, um, is a little more dense so you know i had um had more more um options i guess to like do more out here Fair. and do yeah, singles, more opportunities so. to do singles opportunity yeah. yes that is the word i was looking for <laughs> yeah. because That's like awesome. In Nova Scotia, we don't have like a um, like a cities or um, a we don't have a qualifying team. We have a team where you just pick whoever the heck you want. You go to provincials, and then whoever does well at provincials goes to nationals. Right. Okay. So you play as a team at provincials, but they make an all-star team out of that. That's right. Okay. So a little bit different than what I was used to in Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's kind of how we run our youth challenge provincials here. Mm -hmm. um, except you, you don't get to choose your team when you go to provincials, but um, it's still a qualifying round. But when you go to provincials, you compete as a team, but go to nationals as an, on an all-star basis. So that's kind of neat. If you had to choose between singles or team, which would you choose? Mm -hmm. um, like right on the spot. Instinctly, <laughs> like the first thing I thought of was uh, was singles. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. What How about you? you? Or, is, or am I not allowed to ask questions? Sorry. Of course. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you sit there and we'll grill you. <laughs> <Yes>. mm. <laughs> Good nutrition. Um, <laughs> you know, personally, I love the teams, but I, I, I haven't had an opportunity to play at nationals as a single yet. I've only ever played on teams. Um, uh, I play single singles all the time for um, obviously like the, the cash tour stuff and um, 
it's just different. I I love I love teams because I love that dynamic and and maybe it's because we we have such a great community here that it's it's always super fun on a masters team on an on an open team, um, and just it's just a such a different level of intensity. Um, but I also do love playing singles because if I fuck up, that's my problem. I'm not I'm not screwing up everybody else. So. Um, it's a little bit less pressure that way. I can only be mad at myself and I can only hurt myself in it, you know? So, but I, I think that intensity on team is just so hard to match. It's so fun. You're right. Yeah. But you know, the way they set up the qualifying, like, so to be the single for either of the amateur championships, you were the best in qualifying, right? And then you ended up taking it down in the stepladder. So the singles are all the best of the best from across the country who beat mm -hmm. all their peers from their province, right? So, Absolutely. I mean, as elite bowlers and people who go out there to, to do their absolute best every time, to know that you did and your best was the best, you know, I mean, just, just to have that and go, right? Like, to, to be the singles. I, has anybody ever turned down going as a single to go on a team? Adams. Yes. Really, and and just dropped his single spot, eh? But he already had a singles, right? Yeah, it's easier to drop something that you've already accomplished. One hundred percent. And and when I say choosing between the two, I just mean from the heart. But ultimately, I want to have all those accolades. I would. I I think there's no higher honor than winning a national title as a single. Um, so I definitely want those. But I have more fun on the team. I would agree with Dexter. Yeah. Like last year, getting to play both a team and a single, I had way more fun on that team. But there's just something about that single scenario that feels a little bit more exclusive or something like along those lines. Yeah, it's high prestige. Yeah. Um, Danielle, coming from a province like Saskatchewan originally, which always has a huge spectating group at nationals and then moving to somewhere like nova scotia where you might be the only lady there or um you know part of a smaller contingent how did you find that side of the environment at nationals um you know somewhere where there's you're on a team first of all so you have teammates cheering you on and then you have a province backing you as opposed to when you're playing singles and you only had you know your smaller contingent there cheering you on did you find a big difference? Um. Um, honestly, no, because I mean, when I'm bowling, I, I just kind of like stay in the zone. Like I pay attention to myself and my team when I have that chance. Um, and like, you know, our little blue Nova Scotia may be small, but they are so great at supporting their people when they are in the stepladder or on the lane. So um, I, I never felt like I wasn't being supported or that um, I was lacking um, that camaraderie. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes having a smaller community will make everybody closer knit too. Very true. Yeah. Perfect. Hmm. Well, if we're done grilling you for a little bit, I do believe you have a little something to present to us and the reason that you're kind of on this podcast to bring to our fan base. 
Yeah, and I guess for everyone out there too, I, I honestly kind of didn't realize the guys are going to ask me bowling questions, so I haven't been asked those in forever. But um, yeah, let's talk about food. Um, yes, I love food. Yeah. Um, okay, so share screen. Let me figure this out one second no you can select the screen or you can click on windows and you could find the windows that are in there too this is something we probably should have prepped ahead of time and she did ask us and we just blew over it <laughs> i did ask timothy oh, oh, oh nice. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you were coming on to be the smart one <laughs> hey <laughs> I just meant for asking Tim. That's all. I thought I can trust him. <laughs> oh boy! But as far as you can throw him, all in good fun, though, you guys. As long as the people oh, don't mind waiting. Oh, um, oh no! They wait for us every week, Daniel. Every <laughs> week. This is totally fine. Kind of curious what flavor of Pringles O'Callahan's eating. Uh, if it's Pringles, it's got to be barbecue. Really? What? Yeah. Original. That's like the worst yeah. kind of chip. Oh no! Uh, uh, you know, for the other chips, yeah. I don't. Something about the Pringles one. They're top notch. Hmm. How do They're they make notch. a Pringle? Uh, baby so birds eat a baby bunch chip? of potatoes and then spit them out, and then they push them into a mold. <laughs> yeah, and let them dry out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any okay, uh guys, anybody here oh. sorry guys i think my settings that's what i'm kind of stuck on um uh -oh. can i Uh, go ahead, Brett. Continue with your question while Dexter and Danielle figure this out. Well, I, I was going to ask gonna... if there's any uh, go-to snacks out there for you guys during, like, a tournament or or even league. I'm a big – I like trail mix. I see quite a bit of people with trail mix. I'll bring granola bars and stuff like that, but if a bowling alley's got a slice of pizza, I'm eating that. <laughs> <laughs> what about sandwiches, Dexter? Do you enjoy a good sandwich during a tournament? <laughs> you know what? I really do. I really do. Just the aerodynamics of it, or references. And is there like a specific game? I might, I might leave for a second because I may have to restart Chrome, and then I may come back. Okay. You guys well, hopefully, you do come back, snacks, and then we'll talk about it more in a bit. <laughs> Sounds good. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is she leaving? Okay, good. It's <laughs> <laughs> a question to coach. <laughs> um, now, do you guys uh, say to yourself, like, is there uh, like uh, like a certain game that you want to you want to start eating at? Like, are you like, hey, after game two, I'm going to start snacking on something, or you know? So back in the day, uh, it was uh, twenty. 
It would have been 2010. I went to Scottsdale, um, played really well, um, was running both sides, went to the fours on both sides, and then just crashed because I hadn't I hadn't eaten all day, and uh, that's like and and it was awful. I felt like I was gonna puke, and I was just like, but I had nothing in me. So, um, and then I obviously lost those next two matches, and then I learned my lesson and went to TPC, and then I ran both sides there same year. And I made sure that I ate. Now, the nice thing was, was that um, Gino was also playing pretty well. And he was running both sides for a while. So I always have like a five or a six frame break at the end of my matches to go and grab, grab something to eat. And it doesn't have to be anything like major. I think I had a hot dog every other game or every or every other match or whatever. So every couple of hours. But um, if you're hungry, definitely eat. If you're not hungry... Get something light in you for sure, just so that you got something in you before, so that you don't run out of like disposable calories, and then all of a sudden your brain stops working and your organs stop working, and totally, your yeah. bowling sucks. It's kind of a, a weird situation, I would say, in a bowling alley, right? Because typically, your typical bowling center, um, the options that they have for purchase aren't typically the things that a nutritionist would like you to have during a sporting event or at all, right? So doesn't it end like bringing your own food is, is a big no-no too, right? So that's always kind of a, a big but sticking point, eh? For sure. But I, I think at the end of the day, any nutritionist would say having some food in you is better than having no food in you. But that's, <laughs> I'm not a nutritionist. That's why we have Danielle here. <laughs> So I have your screen now, Danielle. So once you get it. set, okay. I can bring it in for you. Perfect. Okay. Are you ready? Can you guys still see my face when I'm presenting or no? I can definitely do that for you. Um, I was going to say, if you don't, that would be better. Oh. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> no one wants to see our faces either, Danielle. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but we're ready to go? Sure. Len and Seth okay. cookies are for a great snack, though. <laughs> no, no, not, not your, your cookies, cookies, Len. Not your cookies. No. <laughs> Those are good cookies if you want a nap. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we good, you guys? You bet. Okay, awesome. Um, thank you for your patience, everybody, while we figure out the uh, sharing the screen situation. Um, but today I'm here to talk to you about nutrition in sport. Um, a little bit about me first. Of course, we briefly touched upon that I'm originally from Saskatoon and I now live in Stellarton, Nova Scotia. I wanted to let you guys all know that I currently work as a registered dietitian at Simply for Life Stellarton, and I also work virtually with the Crohn's and Colitis Dietitians. So as a dietitian, I help people improve their relationship with food, manage their nutrition through different disease states, enhance their gut health, and I also help people with meal planning, time management, and goal setting. This picture of me on the side here is at um, Melmurby Beach, which is about 15 minutes from my house. Um, and actually like straight across the way there, you can see Prince Edward Island from there, which is kind of cool because I definitely couldn't say that in Saskatchewan. 
So tonight I'm going to briefly touch upon healthy eating. We're going to talk about omega-3s and our brain, fueling for a tournament, bowling and alcohol, and of course questions at the end. If you do have any questions during the presentation, please feel free to um, let the guys know about it. So from a young age, we are taught what it's meant to eat healthy. But I mean, as a dietitian, I know it's not as easy to just say and go and do exactly what we had learned from, I don't know, grade two or three. Um, also, I do want to say one thing too. If I do refer to diet, I simply mean that is the food that we eat. I believe that all foods can fit in your diet, which is why I've included many options in the pictures you can see on the screen. When it comes to healthy eating, there is an emphasis on lean proteins, vegetables, whole grains, fruits, and healthy fats. Because time and time again, the research shows that these foods provide humans with optimal nutrients and health. Variety is also a big thing to keep in mind. We have to have variety to keep things interesting, to have fun with food, and to ensure we are hitting all the nutrients we need for our body to function its best. For example, if I took in broccoli and rice, I would get sick of it pretty fast, as I'm sure most others would as well. Uh, I would lose interest in the food I'm eating and lack other essential nutrients that I need to, to feel my best. Now, when I was bowling in tournaments, my body would be sore occasionally because whose wouldn't be after countless lunges, right? But what I remember more so was the toll tournaments would take on my brain. Bowling is very much a mental game for a lot of people. You're stuck in one room for about six hours when it comes to that one tournament shift and you require consistent focus. As well as those short bursts of movement, but a healthy diet can really make a big difference for your brain and your body to fuel and optimize your game. Please, 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 if I can teach you anything tonight is to not fear carbohydrates. They are your brain's favorite source of fuel. But with anything, we must find a balance for them. Another thing to help support your brain health and focus are omega-3s. And omega-3s are what is known as a healthy fat found in fatty fish like salmon, sardines, trout, as well as nuts and seeds, specifically walnuts, flax seeds, and chia seeds. They can also be found in omega-3 eggs and canola oil. Okay, so why am I talking about them? Because they play such an important role in our overall health. Not only are they essential for your heart health, as they help lower triglycerides and can slow the buildup of plaque in your arteries, but omega-3s can also help prevent cognitive decline, it helps improve your brain function, and helps decrease inflammation, both in the brain and the body. As we age, the brain is more prone to inflammatory and oxidative processes, so having an adequate amount of omega-3s can help slow this process down. So I really encourage you to take a look at how your omega-3 intake can help you stay sharp on the links. Haley Wickenheiser said, good nutrition accounts for 50% of her performance, with 40% being mental and 10% being physical. And the emphasis I really wanna put on this is when it comes to improving your performance or even your nutrition, it's never just one thing that you can do for it. 
it's really something you got to take a look at as a whole. As you can see here, she looks at multiple things to help improve her, um, her entirety. Now, when it comes to fueling, that's what I'm going to touch on next. Uh, fueling appropriately helps maximize your performance, reduces risk of injury, and can help aid in recovery. So what I have here is just a very general guideline to help fuel yourself through a tournament. On the next slide, I'll give more specific food ideas, but this is the general breakdown of macronutrients that you can kind of take a look at. And when I say macronutrients, I mean protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Um, so there's one thing you can take away from from fueling for a tournament is that you really do need to plan ahead so that you can feel yourself appropriately and provide your body with the essential nutrients it needs to do the best that it can. Okay, um, do you guys want me to go through this at all or have you been able to, to read over kind of like the, um, the general outline of, of what I'm going for here? I think like we can, we can understand the general outline concept or whatever, but is there anything specific that you want to hit on that um, people can take away for feeling for a tournament? Yes, absolutely. Um, so one thing I really do want to highlight you guys is um, you will notice it will say color in a lot of the mm -hmm. options there. Um, we say color because different colors can provide different nutrients. So if you're eating a banana at every single meal and every single snack, we could be lacking in other things. So let's switch it up. Let's have a banana. Let's have grapes. Let's have spinach or something along those lines to shake it up and get different nutrients. Um, and this is a little example of what your day could look like. So specifically, there's some food ideas for people to have an idea of a balanced day of nutrition, keeping in mind too that individual needs and preferences vary. Um, I wasn't sure how much I should include on here because um, I realized that people do travel quite a bit for some of these tournaments. However, I do also know that people do stop at the liquor stores and make that a priority. So I know that's a really good point. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned whole grains quite a bit in there. Is that because of the mm -hmm. amount of times that, or the amount of time it takes to break down um, that, and it therefore kind of fuels you longer or what is the, what is the thought process behind whole grains? So we like whole grains because they generally contain more fiber and fiber, like you said, Dexter is going to take a little bit longer to break down. So it gives you a little bit more energy for longer. Um, it's also like fiber is really, really great for your overall gut health, which in turn helps fuel your entire body's health. Um, fiber is also really great for your heart health too. And that is found in whole grains, vegetables, and fruit. Um, so when it comes down to it, as you can see, we're really focused on taking that balanced approach. So never just eating one macronutrient, like not just toast, but we're going to have toast with some protein with your eggs. And again, looking for that color with some grapes. 
Um, for snacks, we're looking for something that's going to sustain us a little bit longer, again, to help with the fullness, but also to help fuel you through your gains and um, to prevent any kind of muscle breakdown that may occur. Um, that's probably less likely going to happen in bowling, but uh, if you do play any other sport, that is something to take into, into consideration. Um, so something like Greek yogurt and a banana, or a granola bar with two eggs, or a granola bar and nuts would be a nice balanced snack for people. Um, one thing I do want to note, and I'll go back here for a second here, um, depending on what time of day you're playing at, I do want to take a look at that snack after lunch. I do have two stars there. Um, if you are going to be eating supper soon after you're done bowling, I wouldn't worry about having that snack in between. Um, but you can save it for later if you do find you are hungry in the evening. Just a matter of our body does function best when it's being consistently fueled, which is why it's there for an option for you. And then lastly here too, when it comes to hydration, again, a very general recommendation for adults. It's always good to consume about two to three liters of water throughout your day. Um, word throughout your day not just at the very end of it especially when you're moving and grooving on the lanes i would be up 17 times in the middle of the night if i drank two to three liters of water before bed <laughs> that would be terrible i wouldn't well, sleep yeah yeah and that's yeah that's where that balance comes in get it through earlier in your day and um, I think there's some evidence to support too that if you, you drink your last little bits of water in the day slower, it can have an effect on you being up throughout the night. So if you drink it slower, then you're more likely to keep it in your body so you're not going to be up throughout the night. Really? Yes. Interesting. That was on that was on a Huberman podcast. I believe. Um, not sure if anybody listens. It, not sure if anyone listens to him, but he is—he's amazing. So, um, highly recommend anything from him. Um, okay, but now I may stir the pot a little bit with this subject, but let's talk about <laughs> alcohol. All right. Um, did you know when adults have five or more drinks in one night? They have a decrease in mental and physical performance for up to three days. That's pretty significant. Honestly, that doesn't surprise me. I remember like being really drunk on my like, well, not seventeenth birthday and going and going <laughs> and going to uh, my social studies class on Monday, and this was a Friday night from a Friday night, and I sat in that class being like. <laughs> I still feel dumber. I remember it very clearly. So, yeah, no, that doesn't act, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, one thing that I really want people to consider is what alcohol does to the body. Alcohol will trump everything that is in your body. It takes precedence over any kind of food. It will get metabolized first. So, because of that. that Alcohol can decrease muscle strength and force. It can slow reaction time. It impairs hand-eye coordination. It increases 
fatigue decreases nutrient absorption, specifically the B vitamins, which are, are known to provide the body with energy. Um, it can break down muscle and impairs the body's ability to, ability to recover. This, of course, will be different for everyone, and the amount of alcohol will vary from person to person as to how much it will affect someone. But I really wanted to highlight alcohol because it's so prevalent in society and in our sport. I really want you all to consider why you're drinking, be mindful of your intake, and choose what is best for you and your values. Hmm. And lastly, I just want to say thank you for having me on here. Um, a good takeaway from tonight is that there's so much to be said for nutrition, and it's amazing how much um, how much more it's being recognized in sport and the differences you see in athletes because of that and the way they train. Um, like I said, there's never just one thing that will improve your skills. You need to take a look at the whole you, the whole approach. Consider how you can add more omega-3s to your diet for the longevity of your brain and your heart health. By planning your meals ahead, you can help yourself stay fueled, therefore enhancing your performance and achieving your goals. Thanks so much for having me on tonight. And if you have any questions, I'm here for a little bit longer before I have to go to bed. That was um, really well done, Danielle. Thanks so much for sharing. Thank you. I have a question. Yeah. I'm a curious human. Um, I don't like eating when I bowl. Um, and it's not so much the food or like, I just don't feel, I don't like feeling heavy or having like warm food around me. Um, so what is like a nutritionist perspective on having solid food snacks versus something like maybe a smoothie that has like a banana and some spinach and something in there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I may not have said it, Tyler, but I think I gave an example. Um, smoothies are fantastic, especially great that you can sip on them throughout the tournament. Um, and especially too, like if you are an individual, I know I was when I was younger that had like that nervous kind of queasy stomach um, in the mornings when it came to bowling, um, I would definitely recommend including a source of protein with that to again, like balance out your blood sugars, ensure that you um, can have that en energy for longer in your system. So whether you add a protein powder or Greek yogurt, and some flax seeds to it, balancing that out can help prolong that energy that it's going to give you. Thanks. So now in a bowling alley, it can often be tough to find things on the menu um, that fall within your um, plan there for, for a tournament day. Is there anything you can think of in some of the bowling alleys that you've been in uh, across your career, just some stuff off of those menus that maybe we could look at and and be okay consuming during the day. I know there's some places that do have, you know, just a plain sandwich or uh, um, on occasion I've seen fruit on some menus, but I, I mean, typically it's French fries, deep fried stuff. Um, mm -hmm. What what do you think we, we could do to, um, you know, should we make it a priority? to go to our proprietors and, and say, hey, like, can we get a couple things during a tournament day? Um, or is there anything on the menu that we could kind of substitute in there? Yeah, so, uh, that's a great question. Um, you're absolutely right. Bowling alley menus 
don't often align with what I outlined there. Um, there was one step where I included um, some chicken fingers with some carrots and celery sticks um, to kind of align with the bowling life um, with the restaurants and whatnot. Um, when it comes to that, um, sandwiches are a great option, even if it is like a, like a burger or a chicken sandwich too. Um, can you swap out the fries for something different, right? Because you got to think too, and everyone's going to be different. Um, that's why these are very general guidelines, but how that's going to sit in your, your gut and if, is it going to make you feel sluggish or can you take, you know, that burger and can you bring like a little bag of baby carrots with you? Um, now, when it comes down to that, again, planning ahead is big. Um, I would love to see more people ask their bowling alleys if they could bring in different things. Or like I know when I've gone to nationals, I've seen people bring in different foods for spectators and the, the athletes there. Um, for myself, I have celiac disease. so anything at the bowling alley i'm really not going to be able to eat unfortunately so i do have to plan ahead if that means i have to leave the alley that's what i have to do um but i find too with my experience people have been pretty understanding when it comes to that but that could just be too because it's been in nova scotia where we don't have restaurants in the bowling alley as well um but I mean, I always think it's worth it to have that conversation with the proprietor or at least for like a tournament, why would you not bring something a little bit different around? Yeah, I wonder if, if that's if that's something we could present as, you know, our associations or or even as, um, you know, the tour or something to go talk to the houses that we're going to and say, hey, for these few days, you know, can we get some more sport friendly items right because i mean <laughs> you go to a bowling alley right and and we take it seriously we take it super seriously um but then somebody else walks in and and you know you see all all the menu stuff all the things that that you can buy to consume there um you know an athlete would never touch them like an actual athlete so yeah i, I think having that kind of stuff available um yeah would be would be wicked I think that's the kind of the difference between um, the bowling proprietor's situation, right? Because a lot of these centers are built for the entertainment value, not so much for the sport value. So you go to these events like the Open, the Masters, the WCBT events, it's more geared as a sporting event. That's where hope maybe the, the menu items could change that weekend. Maybe the bowling eyes could bring in um, snack items or, or something more along that lines. And that, yeah, I think that's a great point that could be a great way to introduce the sport side to the bowling center as well. Yeah. We, we certainly try, um, at least during TPC, we normally have like bananas and fruit and we normally have vegetables and stuff like that available for it, which is definitely outside of our normal norm. Um, the unfortunate fact is, is that a bowling alley, isn't a restaurant first so that's where it's really hard to have a lot of fresh items because unless your heritage it pumps through a whole bunch of people and and they they do a, a fair amount of food quantity um most bowling alleys don't so most of it's going to be end up being frozen stuff whereas 
So that's going to go in the defrag. But when you have tournaments like TPC or the major cash tournaments where people are going to be there and it is for the sport, they should be able to do things like that. And as a proprietor, I know every proprietor is different, but we will never, ever have a problem with people bringing in food if it's dietary. Never. We're not going to tell somebody that they can't eat. Just no way. So, yeah. Just for the record, I never tell anybody that either. <laughs> like, as a dietitian. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, if you give the people enough notice, I mean, why not, right? To bring in maybe a few extra things. But then again, if your alley won't do that, really consider portion size of some of those items. So, like, spaghetti, that's a great nutritious meal, right? But like, let's take a look at what our portion size is of it usually, right? Think of your plate. Are you, do you have three cups of pasta? Do you have two cups of sauce on there? Is there protein in that sauce? Is it just tomato sauce? Can you have one cup of pasta with half a cup to three quarters of a cup of sauce with protein to help balance that out? That way, it, again, sustains your energy longer so that you're not crashing and wanting carbs again to get that fix of energy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love spaghetti. I think, like, <laughs> <laughs> spaghetti is great. Um, building off Danielle's, like, expertise as a dietitian here, like, so someone from a kinesiology background and understanding exercise science and kind of body metabolic cells were working carbs are great i agree like don't be afraid of carbs um because they are your fastest source of energy but she's so right like avoiding that crash is like make sure you're staying balanced with those proteins and those healthy fats um you know that's i think why like maybe carb loading isn't our best strategy um i mean well, might carb loading is supposed to be the night before anyways not during the day <laughs> off right exactly um, totally totally but yeah. building those like breakfast, snack, lunch while you're bowling. Um, I really like that you said told people don't be afraid of carbs because it makes me so mad when people don't eat carbs and they're working well, so hard. And, and yeah. that's and that's the society that we kind of live in, right? It's all these these dietary ads or these diet fad diets that go around everywhere and people become afraid of those things. People were afraid of fats for the longest time. People were afraid of carbs. You can't be afraid of either of those things. Those things play such a vital role in our in our bodies. I, I've been there. I've done I've done it all. I've done it all. And I went through a period of time where I didn't I didn't have fats and I was a miserable prick. I was horrible. It's it's so bad for your body. It's so bad for your hormones. You need you need to have fats. You need to have carbs. You need to have protein. There needs to be a balance in there for sure. Um, I see I see Mike Bates's comment here. If we want to present bowling as a real sport, then the proprietors need to offer should what they offer should reflect that. I totally do agree. I do agree. The unfortunate side of it is that if you want a bowling alley to be sustainable, it's not really a hundred percent about bowling as a sport. It's going to be probably 30 to 40% about bowling being a sport and then 60% of that being entertainment. So it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to balance a business model with just looking at bowling as a sport. 
if that if that makes sense. Well, yeah, you don't want to be chucking out five hundred bucks worth of fruits and veggies because nobody took advantage of it. You know what I mean? You're like it's yeah, it's just not realistic for you guys. Um, but I mean, yeah, for a for a weekend or whatever. Yes. Um, again, because like uh, I, I don't want to encourage people bringing in coolers of stuff, and I know there are some places out there that would absolutely lose their minds and you know um having 30 40 50 people come in everybody with their own bag full of stuff that would uh i mean it's just it's just not good for business and i know that during tournaments you know it's kind of the thank you for for helping like being in our leagues and and supporting us but yeah but then again as a bowler i'm already paying however much to be there for the weekend i don't want to be dropping another 300 bucks on on food over the course of uh three or four days at the centers because you know everything's so expensive or or, or whatever so yeah, i guess i guess there's a balance there right really um there was a question i think it's a really good one in the comments from tom patterson about protein bars um mm -hmm. danielle maybe you can let us know like what are some red flags on a protein bar or like some brands that are really good and brands that maybe aren't so great? Cause I think a lot of us just see like protein on a label and they were like, yep, that's the one. Mm -hmm. I think um, where people may kind of have, I don't know, just some shortcomings with protein bars is the fact that some will use it as a meal replacement. And that is something I would like to add more to so the snack options there. That's where I'd like to see maybe a protein bar or half a protein bar with some fruit, with some color, right? Because again, when we just have that protein and um, what I'm quite often seeing now too is just the protein, limited amount of carbohydrates because like we said, lots of people can be scared of carbohydrates, right? Um, we're not going to keep that in our system for as long of a time. So protein and a fibrous carb to go with it. Um, as for brands, um, I really like to tell people um, ones that, I mean, ones that taste good are like always at the forefront at my mind. Um, quite often they're not the 20 grams of protein type bars. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen the made with local bars. I think they have about eight to 10 grams of protein per bar. They're a Nova Scotia company. Um, do you guys have them out West? Made I've with seen local? them here or there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know the place where I work, grenade bars are really popular. Have you guys heard of that one? No, I don't think no. I have. So grenade bars, um, they they taste good. They do have a lot of ingredients in them. Um, really, when it comes down to it, like I said, all foods can fit in your day. Um, but being aware, too, when it comes to protein bars, sometimes they do contain sugar alcohols in them. And sugar alcohols can sometimes leave people with a bit of GI distress. And if you're having those on the lanes, you're probably not going to be want to running to the bathroom to um, <laughs> rid yourself yeah. of the protein bar later. Yeah. Um, 
it's always nice when you can make your own at home as well. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever done that before. Dexter, have you done that? I, I never I never made them. Oh, no, I did. I made them one time, but I'm also lazy. So, no. <laughs> I, I used to love Quest Bars. I used mm. to love Quest Bars. And then they got really expensive. But th- those are, like, most of the carbs in those are fibrous carbs, if I remember right. It's like, like I, th- I think there's, like, 30 grams of carbs, and then I think 25 of them are fiber. So it was at least better that way. Wow. Yeah, I think I've had those ones before as well, but they are quite grainy, which can be a problem with uh, protein bars too. Um, I think the Cliff bars, those aren't too, too bad. I think they're better for ingredients wise. And when I say ingredients, I mean more whole ingredients to take a look at. Totally. Yeah. Um, did I touch on all the questions, Tyler? I don't know if I did or not. I think that was most of them. Tom had a follow-up, I think, clarifying. Is lower sugar better in the protein bar, or do we want more sugar? Well, when it comes to sugar and looking at an individual bar together, um, I like to tell people to keep it around 10 grams of sugar per bar. If it's something like 25 grams of sugar, I'd maybe put that back on the shelf. Yeah. Hmm. With anything, there's always a little bit of context when it comes to it um, with nutrition. It's never a yes, no, black and white type thing. Um, And sometimes I wish there was, but sorry guys, there's not. Hmm. Yeah, I like it. Like people, you know, think about where, you know, we're going to this bowling lane and there are wood lanes or they're usually heavy or the scoring's low. I'm going to attack it this way, but nobody ever looks at what they're going to eat the day of the same way. Right. And if, if people would spend more time, you know, attacking what's going in their body as much as they, you know, will attack the way the lanes, then you mean it, it can only benefit them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like taking a look at not just the day of an event or the day before or the day after, but looking at like, what are we doing as a pattern? Right? Because I mean, just like most things, we can't just like snap our fingers and expect something to be amazing and, and have that peak performance right off the bat. But really ask yourselves too, like, what do things look like in my life right now? Um, is there anything I can improve upon um, when it comes to my nutrition? And maybe it's something as simple as um, let's start with adding one cup of veggies to my supper every night, right? Or ensuring, like I've talked about most of the evening, let's shoot for protein, fats, and fibrous carbs at my three meals, right? Um, it doesn't have to be this all out, all or nothing type of thing, but making those small sustainable changes can really, really go a long way. On that, along that line, what would the first thing you would tell people to cut out? Like you see a typical person's crappy diet. What's the first thing you say, Hey, you know, we're going to take the first step and the first step is going to be 
do this. What what would the first thing that you would you would tell them? I would reframe and ask them like what is something we can add in. Ooh. Too often we are always about like, well, what do I need to take out? What do I need to get rid of? What do I need to throw in the garbage? But like let's reframe to something positive. What can we add in? Because that, that's far more sustainable than telling people they can't have something forever. Yeah. Nice. So again, I'm sorry if that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't like a, a black and white answer, but um, uh, no, I like to give people answer. thinking. Yeah, thank you. No, that's yeah, that's great. I mean, again, just it's all about flipping mindset, right? Mm -hmm. You said it. Challenging people's thoughts. Yep. Um, so this is kind of the point of the show. We've been restructuring the show after 150 episodes. So Danielle, um, I know it's late where you are. You're more than welcome to stick on and stay around, mm -hmm. or you can take your leave and have a good night's sleep. Um, but we usually do a little discussion after about literally anything. Doesn't have to be bowling related, nutrition related, or any of that good stuff. So, well, you guys, I feel like I'm riding a high right now, so I'll, I'll stick around. Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. Good. Cool. Um, before we jump into the segment, I just want to thank you very much for coming on, giving us all that information. Um, obviously, Dexter is very knowledgeable in it. Tyler with his kinesiology side of it, and Brett loves food, so it worked out perfectly. So. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> when I asked Brett yesterday, yeah, that was the, like the first thing he said to me too. He's like, what is it about? Oh, it's going to be about nutrition. He's like, oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So what do you guys want to talk about? What, what should we uh, discuss this time around? I just want to congratulate Brett on a guaranteed win this Sunday for his Buffalo Bills. Oh man, I'm... I'm I'm a diehard Dolphins fan, and we're so screwed. We're, just we, wait. We, we don't just have a wait hope in hell. Number three walks onto that field in front of the whole crowd and his whole team after everything that happened in that Bengals game. That yeah. place is it's going to be like emotion. Just it's going to be insane. Like how how can you lose that game? With if if he shows up, if Dude. Demar Hamlin walks in. To that stadium, oh my goodness! If if you guys if you guys lose after that and having Tua sitting out and Teddy Bridgewater sitting out, then you guys might as well just rebuild. Yeah, you can have Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> but I am excited. My Dolphins made the playoffs, but I'm sad that we don't have a quarterback. So you do have like the chillest head coach in the league. Yeah, he is. He is. He's pretty entertaining, actually. Mm -hmm. I enjoy him. I do enjoy him. Do any of you guys watch? Well, how about how do you feel about your uh, your Packers there, how Carrie? About, how about we just skip this question and uh, no, no. I, you you I, need I, a quarterback. You can uh, you can take. He's, uh, we need a quarterback, not a psychopath. Um, <laughs> uh, here's an interesting stat. Okay. Uh, I just read this before podcast. So, in Brett Favre's final six passes as a Packer, yeah. he went two and six for twelve yards, 
including a game ceiling season ending interception at Lambeau Field. Okay. Well, I'm guessing Rodgers is exactly the same. In Aaron Rodgers' final <laughs> six passes, went two for six for 12 yards, including a game ceiling season ending interruption. Or in, in, interruption. Interception at Lambeau Field. As fate would have it, Brett Favre's final game at Green Bay as a Green Bay Packer, the wind was blowing 12 miles per hour. Oh, God. <laughs> and in Aaron Rodgers' final game, it was blowing at 4 miles per hour. Aaron oh. Rodgers is done as a Packer. <laughs> That's what I took from that. He should have been done as a Packer before this season started. So He's going to the Vikings. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. yeah. Did you notice, like, when you get to this point of the podcast, like, do the views just plummet because you, you talk about sports like this? Or no. In, in a lot of it stabilizes. It, it stabilizes. Sometimes we get more because it's just us being dinks, and <laughs> somehow people like that. <laughs> Whoa. ROC just throwing daggers in the chat. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Nope, sorry. <laughs> you wow. should do some research on what a foul is and where you can and cannot put your head. There it is. <laughs> so, Daniel... You, if, you might make more cuts that way. So, Daniel, if you don't know this story, Mr. Ryan O'Callaghan, we were at the Manitoba Open, the newest WCBT event, playing in the... It, the 40, 48 cut, right? Uh, 30, I think it was the 32s. The 32s, 32s yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is the make the top 16. Um, it's a seven or an eight player round robin in your pool. And uh, he decided that he, after he threw a ball, there's a pole just on the other side of the foul line to his left. He puts his head against it. It's like literally leans which is, across. Technically is a foul. <laughs> It's so and bad. It got called on him, and he missed by less than fifteen. Oh. Oh no. Yeah. There have been lots of fouls on that pole over the years. <laughs> so, uh, just a little reference for that banter between those two. Got it. Yes, I, I definitely am missing all the, the tour stories and all that kind of stuff so you guys have any other good ones uh i told dexter not or to be an adult one day and i've never been laughed at so fast or so hard in a bowling alley oh my god he 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 was like was that your first autumn open no it wasn't your first autumn open it was your first autumn open as like when you were no you were 18 it was your first one like you were you were 18 and he showed up late he showed up at the baker's and I think I was bowling on one and two, and he was standing right by the ATM, and I walked by, and I just, like, grabbed his nipple. And then he just stopped, stopped and looked at me and goes, no, be an adult. And I just stopped and stared at him for a second and then laughed at his face. And I said, you're saying this to the wrong human being. That is, that is never happening. That is never happening. We've had a, We've had a few good ones lately, actually. Mm-hmm. Ty punched the other day and said he was a bad, bad boy. <laughs> I did not. I did not. That's what I heard, and uh, I swear that's what you said. I need, like, uh, a legal document saying that is not what came out of my mouth. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't prove it. 
<laughs> All bowling tournaments got to be mic'd now. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I think we should. I honestly think we should live mic people. And then we could just cut out snippets and leave it or leave out all the the terrible, terrible things that are said. Just leave in the mildly terrible things that are said. I have a, a proposition for your your show. As a as an avid non participant, I would like to make a drastic change and say that during this segment <laughs> you get like one of those auto generated wheels called like the wheel of misfortune or something and whatever topic it lands on that's what you have to discuss oh god i actually i like that that's a great that's really idea that's really good what topics go on this wheel like is this is audience this... participation well yeah hey well, let's get tackle and what, let's see what people in the chat want us to talk about i mean tom patterson brought out brought up about uh the pro how league. the pro league's evolving since the first year like here's a here's a question are there going to be more teams next year? I don't think so. Okay, so that was a pretty quick no. So <laughs> is the amount of teams that we have in now, is that perfect? Or is it a bit much now? I mean, let's be honest, the Dynamite haven't played in like, what, two and a half months or whatever it is? And I mean, that's scheduling, that's all the stuff that's going on here and there and everywhere. But that's pretty it's crazy. Same with us too, but yeah, unfortunately, that's just the side effect of, you know, different provinces having masters and the open and all these things at different times. And honestly, it's worked out better than I expected. Okay. Twenty four was uh, it. It was a big increase. Um, it was less of an increase than what it could have been, but we definitely didn't want to go that big that quick. I think twenty four right now is a nice comfortable number. Um, running the two feeds has certainly made a big difference where um, it's not as overwhelming because if we didn't do two feeds, we'd be playing until August and then starting the next season. But um, I don't I don't mind the 24 right now. I don't mind it. I know the scheduling looks really weird, but um, if you knew what Tim went through to just make that schedule happen, um, yeah, it's hard that to make it more balanced. Yeah, I think that's going to come with the age of the 5PL, right? We get into the third, fourth, fifth year of it. The proprietors and the teams will make it a priority to make their schedules easier and better, right? It, like, prime example, the Dynamite having such a drastic weight in between their matches or the Dream Crushers, we sacrificed a lot of our playing slots so teams could get in and play in those spots. And we were okay having a, a weird... Uh, schedule, but it's going to come to a point where the proprietor is going to be like, "Yeah, I have the dynamite in my house. There, this is my team. I'm going to make sure that they're playing more often, and we can get them in and stuff like that." So it's just the growth of the sport, and I think the schedule will get easier and easier as it goes on. Would it really suck that bad to have people play the teams that are closer to home? Right? Like, I know the Dream Crushers and um, is it the Average Joes? Is that pros the. Yeah, the, the Average Pros. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, you have two divisions of 12 or, or however it is. How about four divisions of six? And it's a pack of teams like Dakota and St. James would be in the same thing, maybe with the Saskatchewan teams and the Western Ontario team, right? And that would keep the time zones close. 
the availability might might be better for them. Um, you could have a few running at the same time, even if you had commentators that were specifically assigned to those divisions, right? I mean, I know you play against each other all the time, but let's say for playoffs you do it, uh, you do have games against other divisions depending on the year, but you come out of it and you have the four to six teams left in the end, um, you come out of the Alberta division or you come out of the, the Manitoba slash Western Ontario division or whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if, if you split it into groups of six, would you face everybody twice? Yep, Ten and then maybe play twice. one team from each other division once and on kind of a rotational basis. Like, because how many yeah. games do you want each team to have? You want Yeah, eight? so, I mean, right now we're playing 11. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then, yeah, you would have, if you had a group of six, you would have 10. And then if you had, let's say, two matches outside, then you'd have 12 matches total. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just just an idea, I mean, for, for time zone sakes, right? I mean, um, I mean, nobody will ever be on the same time as the Maritimes, right? But then again, a team from Ontario would be a little closer with it only being an hour yeah. or, or whatever it is, right? Hour and a half, yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome if we had a new Brunswick team in there? <laughs> Going out of parking ask. lot lanes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just setting up in the middle of a... Yeah. I was going to ask Danielle, um, I don't know how much you know about the Pro League, but on the spot, what team do you cheer for? Uh, you guys, I know nothing about the Pro League. I'm sorry. Okay, well, I the feel correct like a bad is... bowler. <laughs> or like the correct answer that. is next gen, um, but thank you. What team we is? Have... Oh, sorry. We have zero fans, so we need one. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> you got to think about why you have fans? zero fans. I know the reason. It's fine. Did <laughs> <laughs> you mean like zero fans on Facebook, or what do you mean zero fans? Oh, we have lots of Facebook likes. We have zero actual fans. <laughs> Ty doesn't even like no himself. I don't. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Um, there is a Aww. team out of Saskatchewan, if uh, if that's the one your heart feels inclined to cheer for. Oh, I think I'd there's have to two look actually. There's one out of PA, and there's one out of um, Regina. Regina. Yeah. What team has the most girls? PA, or is it like they can leave first? It, uh, so the roster has to contain at least one female or at least one male. That is the only stipulations. So most of the rosters are eight players with usually two female players. Yeah. Regina has Josie and Crystal, and PA has Crystal Mulhall, Dawn, and I feel like there's someone else. I only want, I can't remember who's on the PA team. If I had it up, I could tell you. Um, Tom, while they're doing that, a singles pro league, we did we did that. We did our eight gamer. Um, yeah, we did the five and you eight gamer, and it worked well. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. A lot of. Work. I would love. I would love to do it again, but get someone else to do it. I think so, you should have an sell all-star the rights day. to Bowl Canada. 
You should have an all-star day where every single team participates. They send one or two bowlers. Everybody bowls a game at the same time, whether it's one or two people. You eliminate two teams after that first game, whoever had the lowest double score or single score. And then you cut it down after the second game. And then you have like a two-game playoff for whoever's left at the end. With okay, the but if we're, doing, if we're doing an all-star game, we got to do a skills comp. Yeah, like the uh, the lowest score or whatever. If you, what is it? If you go two, two, three, that's the best score you can get. So a perfect game is 70. But if you throw a gutter, if you get zero on a ball, it's an automatic strike. Yeah, right? yeah. we actually that have the... that built into our system. Yeah. Yeah, could do that. I was thinking more like trick shots. Yeah, how's that? How's your TikTok stardom going going on out there? Uh, <laughs> he abandoned it. Oh. Well, when, all of a sudden I had a life again, and then I, I couldn't do TikTok. Oh, yeah. so. You would go absolutely viral if you put uh, Tim having his face smashed by a broom on TikTok. I put it up there! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's I that's actually did, I did put that on there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's out there. Uh, Danielle, do you know what I'm talking about? Do I have no. this video when in did, here? Um, when did that happen? Oh, it was a little while ago. But also, when I was younger and bowling in the tournaments and everything, I remember thinking, like, there should be a reality TV series on, like, what goes on at these tournaments. So, like, you totally Absolutely. could get your TikTok up and running and be filming everybody to see what's going on and go viral that way, too. Oh, where is this? I I gotta find this because I I submitted it to like America's Funniest Home Videos. So Danielle, <laughs> um, so so if you don't follow yeah. the five PL, these are there's twenty four teams. So there's the Dream Crushers, the Bombers, the Mighty Plucks, Next Gen, Holy Rollers, Sleeping Giants, also known as the Thunder Bay Bowling Club. Topla Roses, Heartland Kingpins, Calgary Carnage, Okanagan Eclipse, the Panorama Mad Hatters, Regina Revengers, Average Pros, the Misfits, the Minto Maniacs, the St. James Snowmen, the Northern Knockouts, Dakota Dynamite, Motor City Mayhem, the Van Island Pinslayers, Fraser Valley Venom, uh, Bridge City Bandits, the Rock and Rollers and the Quebec Lumberjacks. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah. And they all play virtually against each other in their divisions. So yeah, every Sunday morning there's two streams on YouTube, and uh, yeah, it's quite. I didn't, the, quite I didn't the know thing. it was it was so intense like that. That was totally like the anti, like, oh, look at you guys in your bowling league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm glad it's all, it's all, it's almost been one year since this happened. Oh, yeah, here we go. Where did he get hit? Like, what is he holding? So, uh, he's holding his hand. I don't know why, because he clearly, like, steps on it, kicks it, steps on it again, and then smashes himself right in the face. Yeah, the hat's askew afterwards. (laughs) 
Not as much TikTok love as you would think, Ty. Hmm. Yeah. I think we gotta we gotta work on your editing and your uh, your preamble up to like showing the video. Did he go we, to uh, take the broom after? <laughs> it was the broom's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid bastard <laughs> broom. <laughs> this Fantasia. Um, I also need to like we we have so much security footage of people sticking and falling, and I Tim has said I need to make a compilation video of it, and I think I will. There's some really good ones. There's some really good ones. Katie, yeah. Katie took flight the one time. It was awesome. I don't <laughs> think she thought it was awesome, but <laughs> no, she did. Oh, she, okay. she loved it. She loved it absolutely. <laughs> I think moral of the story is: if you are bowling at uh, Sherwood Bowl, do not fall. <laughs> Whatever you, you do, you're do probably get made fun of. Yeah. Is there anything um, more horrifying during bowling than actually like eating it during a shot? Like, I know any the one or two times it's happened to me. Like, I'm rattled. One or two times, day. it's it's happened to me like five times this year. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. It's it's so bad. I I have like the heavy heels, right? And then every once in a while, it just catches, and I'm just like, boom, gone. Nebs, I did I did it three times on Sunday. And then I did it once in qualifying, and I thought it was going to cost me qualifying. It was brutal. Or you could just headbutt a pull in the foul area. and Honestly, it's way body. easier on the body. Way easier on the body. Yeah. Worse on the brain. <laughs> Do it once a season, it won't rattle you anymore. That's true. Maybe I should just get my reps in. Just get my one fall a year, and then <laughs> it'll be no big deal. That's right. Yeah, that's that's right. hilarious. You're right, Ryan. I could play the video of Tim reading the mean tweets again, but I we'll, we'll leave that. We'll leave that for another day. Put it on the wheel. I love That's seeing right. those reactions. Some people, <laughs> some people will read them and they're like, "Yeah, okay." And some people say, "Ah, f you," and some people, you know, they go with it. Mean well, tweets are the, hilarious. The thing was, he had no option. He read. He was. <laughs> It was about his intelligence, so that he read it so poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Case in point, yeah. <laughs> it, was like, oh, it was awesome. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, okay. Well, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast here. Um, Danielle, thanks again for coming and teaching us a ton of information. Tyler, Brett, thank you guys for subbing in while uh, the rest of the podcast crew was taking a hiatus. And Dexter, I'll see you again next week, bud. Yeah, you'll see you tomorrow. And you won't see me next week, because it should be the ladies' podcast next week, should it not? That is correct. It is a ladies' podcast next week. Everything you just read said was wrong. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much all of it, right? (laughs) Pretty Uh, much. There's no 5PL this weekend either. I thought there was. I looked at the schedule, and apparently there isn't. There is not. I don't know why, but there is not. Seems like a wasted opportunity to have... uh, a week, but uh, feels like an amazing opportunity to have some sleep. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks again, everyone, and uh, have a great week. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Well. Thanks, everybody, for coming on. Danielle, thank you so much. Um, Ty and Brett, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.